All right, thank you very much, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome once again to G7 Voices With Out Boundaries. Voices Without Boundaries, and today we are crossing the oceans again. We're all over in South Africa. And we are going to be talking to a, a young queen who is uh, who has come through a lot. She has experienced a lot. She has uh, made those experiences um, the driving tool to where she is. She has uh, managed to voice out and echo her pains and her challenges to change and transform what is around her and the individuals who are around her and help those who are around her. Uh, today's uh, subject content is femicide and femicide. And we, we did have uh, this subject before uh, Tariq when we first started uh, our, 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 our podcast. Um, but it was from a different context when we first started this, uh, this, mm -hmm. uh, the podcast. Um, and looking back today uh, to where we are, a lot of things have happened. A lot of things have happened that have now not only raised eyebrows, but it's more so lack of concern and a lack of respect, you know, from a point of talking about a woman as an individual, a woman as a species, you know, and what kind of species are we as men? Uh, how we, 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 we present ourselves to women and how we, we protect the women and how we, um, we speak so boldly about women, but on the contrast, we do a different thing. And I'm saying that we, as a, as, a, as, a, as, a, as a plural, because at the end of the day, there is men who see what is happening, but they don't say anything. And there is men who see what is happening around, and they also feel like, well, if this is the way how I can control, now it becomes a controlling factor. But then there is also uh, people who are literally psychos, you know, like I'll call it a psycho, you literally sick, you know, they feel they can do anything, you know, and uh, ranging from little girls to older women. Um, before we go any further, uh, let me just read a bio about this young queen here. Uh, her name is Ulebucheng Lebu Muyemisi, founder and chairperson of Sisters Keeper Movement. Uh, uh, it says, let me read this again. Founder and chairperson of Sisters Keeper Movement. Um, it says, Lebu is a Soweto-born entrepreneur a woman of many talents, born 18th of September in 1980, a mother of two teenage boys, has accomplished a long list of achievements at a, at a very early age that has seen her perform as a dancer at prolific events and later starting her own events management company and graduating as a professional chef at HTA Culinary School. After coming out recently and taking and talking about her rape ordeal at a tender age of five years, she was inspired to start a movement of activism against gender-based violence. Her experience has seen her in platforms where she has been motivational speaker to young girls and boys at schools, events, and churches. Young Queen, welcome to G7 Voices Without Boundaries. Yeah! Howdy. 
Hello, hi, so um welcome once again. I know you and I we have been uh talking about how we're gonna you know dissect this conversation because it's not an easy uh, uh subject and Tariq and myself were talking before the show that it's very sensitive in many ways, in many, many ways. For, 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 for us as men on the show right now, um, we really can uh, have opinionated facts about what it feels to walk in a woman's shoe, especially right. women who have been abused or women who are on the verge of experiencing um, that kind of abuse. So this moment, this time right now, we we are going to listen we are going to talk and again we see uh today uh, uh Tariq, there is a lot of young queens on the show today indeed uh, because all the young queens indeed. all the young queens who are here so uh, hopefully we'll have an open conversation please feel free please feel free to chime in whether by chat or you know um voice out this is a, a, a one of those platforms that we really want to hear your your deepest deepest thoughts about what is going on because this is it's crazy you know like james brown said i don't i don't know karate but i know crazy so uh <laughs> so this is what's going on right here so what's going on my sister how are you first off let's let me say congratulate on what you're doing the project that you're working on the organization that you just opened uh, Sisters Keep Up Movement, which is actually uh, fire like Mariah in South Africa right now because people are listening and people see. And uh, on a serious note, people are seeing what you are doing and um, you become that backbone. You have become that backbone of what people are looking for. So we are going to right now and we're going to have a, a, a healthy conversation and um, once again, this platform is never about somebody feeling some type of way. That's why we call Voices Without Boundaries that are here to talk. So Lebohem, how are you? Let me first start by saying, asking you that. I'm all right, Nati. Thank you so much for having me on G7 Nation. I'm all right, I'm breathing. Yes, you are breathing, young queen. We see that. And um, how has been the um, the movement since you started Sisters Keeper Movement? What has been the the dynamics as far as the momentum, people uh, coming forward to support your movement? Nati, Sisters Keeper is working overtime this December even worse since ever since we we've been penetrating social media with what we've been doing helping young women and men with GBV and femicide. Sisters keep up on our toes. I can take off my glasses. You'll see I'm extremely exhausted from all the calls, all the support, the running around of trying to save every woman every second day being raped. So and, and all that stuff. So we're working overtime. 
Sister Skipper is building such a big momentum. We only just started in, 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 in April and we're now on 2008K, uh, uh, um, I mean 2008 uh, viewers on, on, sorry, members on, on, on Facebook. So I'll tell you that it's getting, it's picking up its momentum. Right, right. So we it picking up its momentum level. Um, the people who are coming through, are they coming from a point of, oh, this is just another movement. Uh, we want to be out there and wear uh, T-shirts for Sisters Keeper movement. Or is these people who are deeply concerned about the, the change of uh, the atmosphere when it comes to men, how they treat women in South Africa? Um, you know, I'm going to to be out of get out of the way just a little bit. The people who are coming to join the movement are the people who are in dire need of help. People who have been holding a lot of things, they've bottled a lot of things inside them. But this is both men and women, mm. gay and lesbians. So Sisters Keeper, it's not only about women. We are dealing with so much. You'll be surprised as to how many cases as well of men we are also dealing with men who are being abused by women. So at this point, yes, we're talking femicide because it's what is big now in South Africa. But it really is, it's, 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 it's just a social ill, it's big social ill. So Sisters Keeper is dealing with men, women, gay, lesbians. Right. So... Um... People who are in need are people who are crying, people who are in pain, people who are now feeling safe to can talk to us since I have, ever since I've come out, you know, some people will look at me and say, she's a very cool chick. They think, you know, mm. I've got it all figured out only to realize that, oh my God, I'm carrying my own weight as well, my own baggage from right. my previous experience. Yeah. So Lebo, um, I, I know you for, for, for a long, for a long time and, um, and, since what, 97? I would say 97, yeah. I've known you since 97. And all that time and, um, and until I left, you know, uh, South Africa, uh, it only took up until last week when you expressed what you have gone through. But again, time is also of a factor because you can't push uh, such situ such 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 incidents some people will never disclose it takes one with a brave heart to say you know what i want to come out and i want to come out and be be that voice that's going to help change and also bring about enlightenment um, i don't know if uh, how if you be willing to talk about your experience to shed light to those who are here and those who are listening and the reason why we are doing this show today and um, if you are comfortable, just to run us through uh, your experiences and then we can break it down going on further as we talk. So Nati, can I just say this to you? I mean, like you said, we only just talked about this last week. Only now I'm starting to be very comfortable, but this is an issue that happened back in 1985. Mm -hmm. you know? I was five years then. Um, at five years, my mom was running a mini, you know, Shabin in a township. Right. right. It was Shabin in a township. And she had a, a guy that used to buy beers for her, to go stock up for her. Right. 
So my mom one time went when she she worked also very late hours. So she worked for KFC. So she would come back home after wee hours, like you know. Right. Somehow one one odd day the, the the guy decided that he will sort himself out with me. You know, it's so difficult for me to give this a name, but it's rape. You know, so this guy raped me. But I hate giving it a name because I feel like I'm giving it too much power mm. when I give it a name, you know. But because this is how it's called, then this guy decided to rape me at five and he rapidly done that. So. But one odd day, my mom came, it came very late at night and she realized that something was very offish with me. What I remember, she put on her light, the bedroom light, and she was just looking at me. So I woke up, I mean, I'm a five year old, remember the time. So I woke up and I was like, I couldn't understand what she was looking at. She immediately went, rushed to the neighbor's house and asked them for transport to mm. take me to hospital. So she took me to hospital, but before on her way back, I mean, on their way to the hospital, she picked up my aunt. So she, her and my aunt started talking about me. They put me at the corner there. <laughs> and my aunt started crying. So I still didn't understand what was going on. She rushed me to hospital and... They were told, I don't know, the doctor gave, they treated me, she was, we were given a vaginal cream, and I say vaginal cream because now I'm 14, I know it is a vaginal cream, but I've known a vaginal cream at the age of five. Mm. They gave her that, and we came back the following morning, this guy, but they asked me who did this, and I told them who did this, and he was beaten up by the community. Mm. He was taken to the police station, he was not arrested, unfortunately, that's our law. He was not arrested, but he was beaten up by the community. But now I am now known as a rape child, a five-year a rape child, you know? So going forward, other men around my area decided to help themselves as well. You know, one is my neighbor, both two guys are from my neighborhood, you know, one house from my house uh, from my yard and two blocks away from my house. But the one that the one that really sorted himself out with me was this one in particular, this particular guy that used to say to me, you know, I love you. You know, you're a good girl. You know, you know, you'll give me five rent coin at that time at five, when I had five rent coin, it's like, what, you know? And, and it was very uncomfortable. I remember back then it was very, very uncomfortable. Mm. But, so, you know, so it was just these three men helping themselves out. Then I got to grow up. Was not aware. I was very active. I know that you know that I was the most active lady mm -hmm. that you've ever. Very very active. I was a, a very excellent student at school. A student. I passed. I did everything good. I excelled with everything I did. I, I became an athlete. I was good. I became. I was in a debating team at school. I was good. I was in, in beauty contest. I was good. So everything I did, like basically, I had a very loud personality, but. But I was very, I was very destructive. I started beating up other kids, but mostly boys. I would get myself into fights with boys. Past primary school, this is between the age of five and, 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 and 10, go into higher primary. Still, still very messy, still very, you know, beating up other kids. Grow up, past school, go into high school. Now I'm a teenager. And my teen, still, I'm, I'm beating up boys. I finished my metric, eventually I start dancing. You know, I'm introduced to the dance world, it's cool. 
cool. I'm a celebrity dancer. Everyone knows about me. I'm cool. But each time I was angry, I would want to sleep with a guy. So remember, this is only now I realized that this is something that I was introduced at a very tender age. So mm. I was introduced to sex at five years old, you know? Each time I get mad, I want to sleep with a guy. But immediately after, I want to beat up that guy. Oh, I want to hurt him. Mm. So little did I know that I was really hurting, you know? Anyways, I grow up. I still, I'm very self-destructive. I go, I'm, 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 I'm the black sheep of the family. I'm from a very good family, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. But I was the black sheep of the family. I hated everything about my family. I hated being at my house. I only wanted to, you know, anywhere. I could sleep anywhere except for my house. Okay. But I was not aware that I was hurting. Cut it on. I got married to a very distant guy that I abused at some point because I don't think I appreciated him as a man because I was a hurting woman. Now I've got my body tattooed. Now I've got body piercing. Now I've got the craziest hairstyle. Like, I know I've got a loud personality, but that personality was extreme. Until one day, a friend of mine bought me a book uh, by Ian Nevinsend. It says, mm-hmm. one day my soul just opened up. I read that book. I felt like I could relate to that book, but I was like, Ugh. anyways, you know, it's, it's just those self, uh, uh, whatever, Karen book. So it's not something that I will really take, you know. And then I carried on. I met a guy this year. He, he, I met a guy last year. And, and this year we had a fight, a very ugly fight. But I'll tell you, the fight was because he sort of cheated on me, you know. And I, I didn't take it well because I was very clingy. So I would be very clingy to anyone that loves me, anyone that I feel safe around, mm-hmm. you know, as long as it's not my house, not my mom, not my sisters. I just wanted to be with someone. So I'll hold on to, instead, I, I, I beat up the guy, all right? Mm-hmm. And my boyfriend, and he said to me, I will, if you want to carry on with me, you have to go for counseling. You've got a lot of issues. And I still said, he's crazy. He cannot go and cheat at me while well, I'm such a decent woman. I am in love with him. I take care of him. And then he goes cheat. And then he says, I must go for counseling. But, you know, I decided to maybe listen and go and speak to someone. And I spoke to someone. And I told, what, I told this guy what had happened. And, you know, they, this, this couple, it was a couple, Patricia and the wife. They broke down things. They listened to me. They spoke to me. They tried to understand where I'm coming from, you know. But then Patrick gave me some few exercises to do. The first one was to say to me, you need to go tell your mother that you love her. I was like, you can't say that to me. I can't do that. Remember, I'm angry. I don't even know that I'm angry. Mm -hmm. What I know is just, I don't want to be at my house, you know. And... Eventually, it happened that I, I got to say to my mom, I love her, and I spoke to the guy. They tried to help me. On the 2nd of April, a young girl, at the beginning of lockdown, it was the 2nd of April when I, I saw this post, a young girl by the name of Simpiwo was murdered. Mm-hmm. Her mother sent her to the nearby shops to go and get bread and just a few essentials. And she never returned back home. She was killed. She was murdered, brutally murdered. Murdered. And 
there's a lady who posted something on Facebook. Her name is Palisa Boga. So it was, I remember it was, because usually I wake up around five, uh, 4.30 and I would be on Facebook. But when I checked time, it was quarter to 5 a.m. And I read her post and it broke my heart. But there was a voice inside me that said, you need to speak. Remember, I'm a cool chick. I'm that girl that dresses well, that looks very nice, that everyone thinks that she's cool. So I don't want to speak. And then what happened was I... On that day, that voice was just too strong, too, too strong. I couldn't do anything. Then I, oh, I responded, I, I screen munched her post. No, no, I copied her post into my post. And then after her post, I then wrote my story. And it became such a big story. It became such a big story. It, was, it had a lot of following. People were now calling. People were now telling me about their experience. And this is where, that's when Sister's Keeper was born. At the end, you know, this lady then saw my post and she inboxed me, she DM'd me and I spoke to her on inbox. And after talking, she said to me, I'm a Sister's Keeper. From there, that's when I felt like this is where Sister's, this is my movement. This is the name of my movement. This is where Sister's Keeper was founded. It was formed on the second, or the, on the 6th of April. Right. Since then, we never stopped. Since then, ever since then, oh, then later, like a week or two later, whilst I was still trying, remember we are on lockdown, we're still trying to figure out what this COVID is. We, we, we are in the houses, we, no one is doing anything. A beautiful sister that I know personally was murdered. She was eight months pregnant. She was murdered, brutally murdered, and there was a video around circulating of her hanging on the tree. And I was like, what happened to a human being? Where, where is humanity? What happened to us as human beings? How do we get to this point? When we follow the story, she was murdered by still speculation, the boyfriend and a friend. Mm. Because boyfriend had, well, this is still speculation. It's still a very high profile case. So I'm unable to right, say, right out on that but but then so her name is Teho. then Teho's death was like the final this it was a straw that broke the camel's back i said no way you cannot stop this is something that all of us the nation is crying because of gender-based violence worse femicide is their highest right now so mm. sisters keeper had we are now full force on it and i'll tell you that we are dealing with a lot of cases on a daily basis wow that, um, it's, it's heavy it's, it is heavy and again you know me saying i'm sorry he said it's an understatement and uh for lack of a better word but uh the one thing that i, I can say right now is the the the, the courage that you have had to be where you are to look into yourself and 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 tell yourself that i can be that voice that people will listen to and i can be that individual that people can see and ask themselves if she can do it i think i can do it because again it won't be overnight so with that said, thank you for sharing your story. And again, you know, you didn't have to share your story, but because you are here now, this is your cause that you are, you are, 
you are pushing each and every single second of, of, of the hour. Um, thank you for, for sharing. Uh, and it's not only in South Africa. You know, you've got countries like uh, Pakistan, Britain, Russia. Russia, they went from March, they were dealing with like 3,000 and then uh, to April, they were dealing with like cases like 6,000 cases ever since the lockdown, like I'm talking about this year. And uh, you have uh, here in the States, it's always been the case as well, where you have women who are abused each and every single day. Rape cases are happening each and every single day. Uh, but what is happening in South Africa, it has taken another, another leap to another state where, where men are literally doing whatever they can. But now the question comes, what is the support that you are getting from the community? When I say community, I'm talking about all the stakeholders from the police, from the schools, from the, uh, the elders in the community and the political, uh, 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 political uh, uh, strong, strong figures who are within the political you know, uh, 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 platform. Are you getting any support when it comes to this movement? Nati, you should see me fight at a Okay, I think we, we lost level there for a second. Level, if you can hear me, just uh, you can chant back again. For those who just joined us, welcome to G7 Voices with Our Boundaries. We're talking to Ulebu Kheng Moyemisi. Um, she is from South Africa. She is the founder of Sisters Keeper Movement, which is fighting against the uh, women's uh, abuse, uh, abuse against women. We're talking femicide, you know, the increase in numbers of people who are abusing women, not only in South Africa, but everywhere. It's time to acknowledge that. And of course, with the COVID and lockdowns, uh, this has given a lot of platform for those who prey on women to do whatever they can. And unfortunately, that's not how this world operates. So we lost level there for a second, but in the meantime, Tariq, let's communicate. And, and, the, and the sisters who are here, uh, let's please talk and share and, and um, and again, it's not a matter of like, you know, mentioning names, you know, and I know that here uh, in this platform, you might know someone or you might have heard some, someone or what do you think needs to happen? What do you think needs to, to change? And what do you think needs to be addressed to change the mindset of the man? Um, uh, your voices will help us on this platform right now. While this, we're still waiting for level. Please feel free to chime in. Whoever wants to chime in, please. Unmute uh, uh, yourself. Yes, oh. unmute yourself and let's have a conversation because, again, this is one of those conversations that we as men will listen from you, young queens, and hear what your take is. Hmm. You know. Anyone willing to uh, uh, open up, please uh, feel free uh, to talk to us. I'm still stuck on her age while we're waiting for some, uh, one of the ladies to speak on something. Right. Her age at five years old. Right. Right. Oh yeah, but then now Tariq, you know, if you come to think of it, five years, and again, ah, it's not even like about age. You know, you, you, you have men who rape kids who are literally six months old. And now you, 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 if you had to put yourself in, in, those, in, that, mm -hmm. in that space, in those shoes of that individual, you, you, 
you grab a six-month-old baby and you literally sexually abuse that small being, what is going on in your mind? Where are you? Are you like, you know, zoned out to that extent that you have literally become, even animals don't fucking do that. Right, right. Animals actually don't do that. But for us as, 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 as human beings, and again, like the thing, you know, it's not only, it's not only uh, on, on women, but because it's perpetuated more also, we see a number skyrocketing on women. And we have men who are abused. You know, we have young boys who are abused. We have young boys who go through sexual, sexual abuse. And, and it's, it's, it's out there. But right now, because we are talking about, about women, so we, we, we want to find out, man, you know, what, what, what needs to change and what is going on and what needs to, to take place. I mean, like, uh, like Jackie just said, there's lots of sick people out here. Yeah. There is Facts. a lot of sick people, bro. Facts. But now, is, as people, we, we, I don't know whether it's fear of me coming out and talk about and say, yo, dude, what are you doing? And we know people who do this kind of stuff. And we see them. But because of fear of being put in the space where, wow, they're going to say I told mm. or I snitched. But we know what happens when these people go to what? When they get locked up. They never survive prison. Right, right. They get beaten up the very first moment after they come out from intake. They put them in their, their respective cells. Those people, they're done. Oh, that's what you do? Ah, we right. got something for you. It's either they, they get, get raped as well. Or they get like shanked up. Yeah, they get raped as well in time. They get, right. So, but why can't we change? Why can't we have the same mindset outside of the prison, the prison where we have uh, all these men who come out and support? Yes, I see that there is a lot of men. I've seen it as well here in the state. Like, Sham, right. Or Sham, or Sham say something? Yeah, how we, men have to hold other men accountable. Oh, yes. Yes. Absolutely. Man. So uh, a lot of the time, the response is, it's not my business when they see these things. You're right. It's not my business until it hits home. Right. Until it's your sister, until it's your mother. These dudes who rape like 95-year-old grandmothers. You know what I'm saying? Right. And we think it's not my business. But it's your business when somebody comes and break into your house. You start like you want like people to know that oh somebody broke in my house or somebody did this to me. But when it happens next door, we don't want to talk about it. And at the end of the day, we are living in a world now where the social media is exposing all of this nonsense that is happening. And you know, back in the day when uh, uh, all this stuff, all this stuff was happening, we. People were like, nah, nah, it's not true. You know, you have a young girl, a young boy come out and say like, oh, I was raped or this happened or so-and-so touched me this way. And people say, nah, nah, that's not true. That's your uncle. No, they will never do that to you. Oh, that's your sister. They will never do that to you. And then they will brush it up. And then it gives more leverage to who? To the, to the perpetrator because they're like, you know what? Yeah, I got them where I want them because people are never going to believe because when they come out, they show that representation of like, 
oh, I'm a good uncle, I'm a good brother, I'm a good mother or, or a good father. Let me ask this question then. So, you know, even in our field right now, it's like a, a battle between two goods or evils in regards to punitive or restorative, right? So yeah. this provoking thought, this to you and everybody else is thinking, so what do we do to these individuals? Or do we do, we do as we spoke about this a moment ago in regards to send them, away for send them away to prison where they get raped and they go in as Tyrone, come back out as Tammy? Or for the, the root of the situation, they're sick, as someone was saying in the chat, and we go become restorative and try to peel back the layers to fix this in these individuals. Because the reason I'm asking this question is because that's going to set the presidents on what follows, you know what I'm saying? So I'm just curious on what people's thoughts are. Do you crucify them? Or do we try to help the individual and become restorative? Because it's, it's you know, as, as we all know, hurt people hurt people. And as she was stating, like she, she, was, she was upset. She would be with somebody, right? Have a relationship. And then immediately after, she's ready to fight him and beat him up. Something so that, to think about. Absolutely, those questions because now her trauma has turned. She is using, or rather, not saying she is using. The her coping skill has become the same thing that has happened to her. Right. So her to deal with the trauma that happened to her, she has to now uh, execute the very same move, but from a different level, being physical. Even for those individuals that love her they're coming to embrace her like no i love you and you i even know you went through this but because of that one disagreement fires up for her and she feels some type of way you know so uh hold on mike mike, mike. i see you hold on i want to see yeah. if level is back though level are you back level i don't, I don't see it Dre. oh I, I see there's someone with uh m uh i, I was wondering if that was her no Emma, All right. Okay, I'll mute that person because they keep unmuting. I thought that was saying, okay, Mike, you can go ahead, black man. Uh, blessings to everybody. I just wanted to, um, to address the, um, I guess, the question Sim puts out there, which was, mm -hmm. you know, the restorative part and trying to help, trying to help some of these men if it is they have been um, abused and, you know, hurt people do hurt people. But the first thing, in order for someone to develop or grow, they have to admit that they have a problem. Not so true. tapping into that first, if, if, if a person could acknowledge that they have been abused as, as, as a child or has witnessed abuse, and then they themselves perpetuated that same behavior as, as they develop or get older, you have to tap in and hoping that that person um, agrees that they do have a problem. And I think then I think with what Simp was just saying, I think then you can start the process of the healing or the development or the restorative part of it. Um, people tend to not want to admit if they have a problem. Right. So that's, that'll, be, that'll be the biggest challenge. And I think if you could break that barrier, Sim, I think if you could beat that, then the restorative part, or then the, the developmental part of witnessing that you do have an issue, let me try to fix it. Let's all right. try to fix it. So, I mean, it's a good question. I was just saying, I, I just, my point is just saying that unless you, you can't fix that unless people can admit 
that they do have a problem and then you could kind of address that problem and work from there and then continue that restorative piece of it and um, rehabilitating that individual. Right. That makes sense. The acknowledgement and the accountability aspect of it is the first steps. Right. Right. That's, that's, a, that's a good point that uh, Benji, you know, um, but again, it needs, there has to be a support for those individuals to, uh, to express that they have, they have a problem. There has to be that support. You know, we're talking about psychological uh, um, support because in most cases, we, I think people, it becomes so, so mundane that, okay, it happens, okay, move on, you know, it's not gonna happen anymore. And then it becomes something that you just sweep under the rug, you know, and uh, until you get to that point where uh, you, you can't really, you know, take it any longer because it's been boiling inside of you and a lot of other things that have been, uh, that are triggers that remind you of that particular instance, uh, get you to that point where you, it's either those individuals they commit suicide or homicide, they're the ones who kill. You know, we have had instances where women kill men who have been abusing them because now it's a re their retaliation is out of anger and because they can't take it no more. And we have uh, kids who run away from home because they, they what? Because they feel there's no protection at home. And then they run to the police, like women, they are afraid to go to the police because the police, they, they feel that the police are gonna laugh at them, they're gonna question them. What were you wearing when this happened? Right, right, what right. You right. When this happened? What did you say to this person when this happened? You know, all these questions and more, it takes away the validity of the instance that happened. You have an individual that walks into a police station and to come and report a, a, a crime or they call and then to report a crime. And then you have somebody who's questioning you, what you were wearing, where were you, what did you say? And then what happened after that? That person is not looking for that. They are looking for, for help at that time. Those questions will come after. So now that has uh, dissuaded a lot of individuals to come out and, and uh, uh, to uh, put their case before the, 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 the system because they feel that the system fails them as well. Mm -hmm. And then some, they don't want to go for, uh, uh, to even talk to anyone around because they feel that their friends are going to laugh at them like, oh yeah, you remember we told you don't do this, don't do that. So now they use this whole thing of you're putting a stigma as to like what kind of a person that person is. So all this and more, and um, I'm reiterating to what Benji was saying, that there is problems and what Tariq you say, there is a problem. Of course, we know that when these individuals, is, when they go to, to prison, they have to face, you see the prison is quite a very different kind of culture. So they don't talk. They ask you a question, you did this, you say yes, you say no. Okay, they find out or you lied to us. You know you did this shit. This is what you're going to get. Uh, the paperwork is for real. Right. <laughs> like what Neville said at first instance, when uh, the community dealt with that. In South Africa, we have what we call, uh, we have what we call kangaroo courts. 
kangaroo court is where the community take the, the law upon his hands, where if they find you stealing, they find you raping, or they find you doing anything that has to uh, uh, take away from the community, they will like beat you right in front there. They will do anything. You know, I remember I saw a guy, I was uh, 15 years old. Uh, I was 13. I was 13 when I was in, uh, in Tawaza, Israel, in South Africa. A dude, a dude was suspected of raping a young girl. You know what happened? So they caught the guy. And then the community, they make sure the guy surrounded the guy that he doesn't run away. And then the women were inside the circle, right? So this is a, kind, a different kind of restorative justice where you have a different kind of a circle. So the men are around the outside circle and then you have the women inside. They're beating up this dude. <laughs> and then they came other women. They tied up wires around this dude on his uh, wrist and his uh, ankles and they started pulling apart just pulling them apart, you feel me? So now, because they are acting out of rage, whether they knew whether it was true, we don't know. But such instances, they send a message to an individual like, I don't wanna be one of those. So if you don't wanna be one of those, which means you have to change your mindset. So uh, thank you, Lev, you back again. Uh, thank you for uh, trying to come back and you, you succeeded, uh, we appreciate. Um, we still hear voices without boundaries. We're talking to level fans. We are Missy, uh, a good young queen from South Africa. We're talking femicide and we've been chopping it up. So uh, we're gonna um, pretty much touch this from where we left Tariq and, and, and keep moving. Yeah? So uh, level, can you hear me? I can hear you now. I'm so sorry about that. No, don't, don't, don't be sorry. We, we're good money, we're good money. You know, you know as, as much as we love technology, technology does fail mm -hmm. us sometimes so uh, what's the support I want to hear what's the support that you hear from men because there is men and I'm, I will speak most of all the area where you are in Midlands there is a lot of uh, dudes who like who are crazy you know crazy in a good way right crazy mean that they will react on something that they know if something is really bad they will jump up and act on the cause to protect what are you hearing more from those kind of individuals who are proactive and, and those who are reactive to instances like that to come and support the cause of Sisters Keeper? You know, Naki, it is so sad that at this point, at this day and age, even with this large amount of, of, of GBV and femicide, we still have men and women that are very reactive, you know? Mm. Right now, we have started the movement we say, let us be proactive, let us balance, let us save, let us protect, let us work in trying to make our environment and our neighborhood safe, you know? But I see a trend where we have a lot of people that are very reactive. People react instead of becoming proactive. We do not get in a, in a point where we say, let's stand up, let's do this, enough is enough. How do I protect my sister? How do I, 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 I make sure that my environment is safe? We wait for something to happen and people start reacting. We start protesting. We start mob justice. We, do, we, we go to court. We go, you know, we protest. It is unnecessary. I usually say, let us be proactive. We do have men who are part of Sisters Keeper who have had enough, 
those who are who feel like they're being responsible citizen but more than anything they can they are responsible parents fathers and mothers and they're also the responsible sons because they've got mothers and then they are brothers to the sisters so we do have a few of those but majority i see a trend of reactive nation so we have uh uh because uh, right now the united nations the women's uh, uh She's the ambassador for the in the United Nations, Pumzile uh, Nyunga. So she represents women all over the world, and she's from South Africa. And uh, you have had the opportunity to reach out to her. What her what are some of her concerns when you talk about the violence of women in South Africa? You know, like Pumzile, we do try and speak to people. Like Nati, there are so many movements that. I wonder if people even trust that there are movements like us, like there are people like us who feel like we are doing this because we want to be in a safe environment, okay? So we will be knocking on doors, but we will have our door, the door slammed very hard on our faces. So at this point, we then said, as, as, as Sister Keeper, we are doing it, whether or not we have support from the government, from, from political parties or whatever. The only person that has been trying she really has been trying. It's, it's, it's uh, the MEC of Communities and Safety, uh, Faith Mazibugo. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Faith Mazibugo, I we call her in the earliest of the morning. She picked up our phone to a point that I, like when we, before I, we lost, before you guys lost me, we were still talking about the support we get from even the police station. Right. I one time went there and I called Faith Mazibugo to say, Mama. I will not leave this police station until I'm heard. I cannot have your people sitting, your people meaning the police, mm -hmm. the policemen. They sit there, they did not pay attention to what we said. We bring a raped woman and they want her to, to give her statement in front of everyone at the charge office. And I find that to say, people do not have the culture of Ubuntu. You know, Ubuntu is meaning humanity. Mm -hmm. I feel like, before you become an officer, before you can become an MEC, before you become a doctor, lawyer, nurse, whatever profession you may be in, you are a human being. Understand? And 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 there's a, we we always knock and say we need your support. But look, people are slowly, slow, very tortoise pace. They are only picking up and the momentum, but very slow until we have a case where a woman has been killed. We just had a little girl now, I think not little girl, but a young woman aged, I think 20, 21, who's just been brutally murdered three, four days ago. Now it's a big thing. It's hyped, everyone is, is hyped up about it. So we say, it's time we knock on doors. We don't get a positive response, but we say we're not gonna get tired. We are going, to put, we are going to pro, we're going to really really knock very hard this time around because it is getting too much. Yes, we do have support, but out of ten, I will say we have two percent of it. So uh, level uh, and you talking and for where you are because you are more in a uh, metropolitan area. Midlands, yes. uh, Soweto, those townships they are very uh, metropolitan. And Cosmo, I mean, you're talking about like the hub of uh, the diversity of individuals who are there. We're not even talking about 
the rural areas of South Africa. And uh, I was reading this morning and I was telling Tariq about the numbers that have just come out. Like in the rural areas in America, you're talking the deeps, deep of the like, you know, uh, Midwest, all the way going to the South, you know, Texas. Uh, the women are coming out and the numbers are staggering. Since March to as uh, until like yesterday, and all these numbers, they are so high to a point that it makes you wonder that for those that don't even have access to uh, a telephone or a computer, what is going on? So which means there is more. And I'm asking this from a context of where you are in South Africa, that there is women that don't have access and they are still also uh, impugned by the culture that you know, a woman is supposed to be where they are, you, you don't talk to men, all the stuff, and men feel like they can toy around with those women whichever way. Uh, do you get any information or any calls or from the rural areas, people who are reaching out, or other organizations that are wanting to work with you uh, as far as uh, helping the women who are far off reached or heard in the, in the rural areas? Like we said, this is still a fairly new movement that we just started. Mm. We still haven't received anything from any rural areas. However, we're having people outside so way to calling, you know, but this is still in the urban areas, right. we, uh, but we still have a lot of people. And, and the nice thing is our media is being really in support of us, especially I'll have to really put it here, especially Josie FM. Josie FM is, um, it's what you call this, it's a community radio station. It is, it's got very high uh, listenership. So we, we, we've been receiving a lot of calls ever since they've heard us on the radio. So we're getting women asking for help and we are we're trying to reach out. But us as Sisters Keeper from next year, end of February, we are starting a program where we will be visiting uh, uh, rural areas to see how far and where are we are uh, with, with all this. If women are knowledgeable with regards to what needs to happen, should they encounter this? Because it is happening in high numbers. So like you say, we wonder, we worry as well to say, if this happens to us like this, what happens to the one that has no access? So it is still a, it's still work in progress. We are still, we are on the mission of doing right, that. Right, So uh, when, you, when, you, uh, when we lost you, Tariq uh, mentioned something about, uh, which you, you, you spoke about yourself, that you resorted to using the physical violence as a way to deal with the situations when you are with somebody. And, uh, and again, it comes with the level of trauma that you have endured as a, from an early age to where you are. Um, have you, did you have to go and seek more help as far as, uh, you know, talk about, you know, the side, uh, from a medical stand, you know, going to see a psychiatrist or uh, to get more of that uh, conventional support that will help you to deal with the trauma that you, you 
you endured? Let me tell you, um, I have not done so, and I'll tell you why. You know, like I said, my partner had requested that I please go for counseling because I have, you know, you know, I'll, I'll be fighting people, but only to say to them, but I'm nice to you, but I do this for you and I do that for you, but I'm nice. Then you do, you give me this and I retaliate, but my retaliation is being physical. Mm. I have not uh, went to seek any form of help. I'll tell you because I'm, I'm observing a, a, a very horrible culture in South Africa that is happening. Mm. You know, uh, when I was growing up, you know, I would hear that for you to be a teacher is a calling, for you to be a priest is a calling, to be a dancer is a calling, you know? And, and you go to places where you seek help to a psychologist or, you know, people just, they're so casual about things. Right. They, they don't put themselves in situations in your shoes, you know? So, and I'll tell you why I say this. I have friends that are psychologists, that are social workers. I, see, I look at their trend on how they treat other people. Their profession requires them to have humanity. Mm. You know, I'll tell you, we went to court for the pregnant lady. This was on the past three days. When we got to court, I observed what was going on. I looked at the prosecutors in there. There were female and male prosecutors. They were before the judge walked in. It was life as usual. Remember, we are with the family of, of this woman who was gruesomely killed. It was life as it was, it was normal business. People just carried on with their day to day business. Day. They were, you know what I mean? You, that lady was strangled, but she was highly pregnant. To me, what came to my mind was the baby. What was happening to the baby? When the mother was being choked, mm -hmm. I mean, strangled, she was suffocating. So there's a lot of things that you, I, you put yourself in. In, in a situation but then we have professional people that we need to go seek help from but they don't have it in them to to carry that so you know back in the day we used to have nurses doctors and that you would see that these people have ubuntu right they've got humanity right now i said let me tell you my my fault and my source of strength and courage and wisdom comes from my creator it comes within so what i do now i go i do I, I meditate a whole lot because i believe there's an inner voice that talks to me mm -hmm. the same inner voice that strongly came to me on the 6th of april saying you need to speak up it is a very same into a, a, a voice that i listen to i i feel like there's a directive from the above i don't i don't know but there's a source right. that directs me yeah. other than that i have as you you will see even speaking to your best friend how you, they receive you when you speak about certain stuff. Then I'm like, you know what? I know now that I rely not on a normal human being because we are different people who've got different minds. So let me then seek support, strength, courage from the men above, which is my, my not. So, you know, uh, you know uh, uh, Tariq, uh, we, we, we talk a lot about, you know, social media and, uh, and, uh, on this show, how it has taken away the, <laughs> that value of humility. You feel me? And, and uh, what she just said that, and I'm sure that the individual that she's talking about, that you know you're coming to deal with this high case, you know, high profile case, 
And yes, it's okay for people to be on their phones and all that stuff. But at the same time, there is a sense of uh, the vibe that you create around that, okay, you know, uh, but if, 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 you, if, if I can tell or you observe that people, they so tune in into their lives and they're just glued onto their gadgets and just waiting for the judge to come in or just waiting for the doctor to come in or, the, or whatever, whoever, uh, then I can react to what is happening right here and then. You know, it goes to show you that we pretty much doing things in the moment. Everything that is happening now is in the moment because it's very true. Everything is in the moment, you know. Uh, since we've been talking on this show right now, since we started at 11, a lot of things have been put on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, name it all. And some of it has been like, you know, some of the, the Twitter has been going like nanoseconds. So that goes to show you that there is no longer a time to wait and let that situation sit in, sink in and listen and observe and have answers, have responses. Everything is on the go. And now when you have situations like these, it's become a norm that, oh, okay, so-and-so that rape, oh, I'm sorry. Sorry to hear that. Oh, this guy is a rapist. Oh, he is? Oh, I didn't think that he was. And then you like, you brush it off. And it's like, you know, they, it's a different, it's a pandemic on its own. It's a pandemic on its own, what is happening, you know, the, the, the non-existence of human beings in the life, if that makes sense, what I'm saying, the non-existence of individuals in the life that we live. So pretty much we walk in zombies now, there is no longer emotion. Not that to say that we have to dig into the emotion, but there is that innate emotion that comes with us as we are born as human beings. But there is so much stuff that saturates that emotion and is taken away. Um, and it's, then there is a trauma, the trauma that comes with it, which is going to be a question that I'm going to ask you, uh, Larry. Uh, and once again, this is G7 Voices Without Boundaries. We are with Ulebo Hang, uh, Lebza, I call it Lebza, Lebza. Uh, um, uh, we're talking femicide. As men, I know I cannot speak for women, but I can speak on what I see, my, my sensitive side of, as, a, as a man. And Tariq, I know it's the same. Jacob, uh, uh, Mike, you know. And for women who are here, uh, we would have loved to hear your voices, even your your your, your your, your concerns, your opinions on chat, you don't have to talk. And it's okay, I mean, again, we're not like, you know, mandating you to <laughs> talk, but we would have loved to hear your voices. So we can share the same common factor as far as the concern for what is happening, because this is not just starting, it's actually getting worse, you know? And then with these lockdowns, because now there is no more room for men to say, oh, he's at work for seven hours or for five hours, for five hours or whatever hours, and then women have more time by themselves. They are able to also connect with other women. But now everybody's in there 24 seven, no work, frustrated, stressed, no money, no food. There's no money for a drink. So now this person is also an alcoholic. Like they don't have their drink on. Now they take their anger because they don't have the money to buy the drink. So I'm gonna beat up this woman 
and then the woman feels like I can't run anywhere. They take their frustration on the kids. She's stressed by the kids and the kids, they're also like, what's going on? They're seeing what's happening. So you realize that the culture is, is being cultivated, is not making it any better for the kids when they grow up. So which means this is fine. This is how it's supposed to be. So there's so many facets of all this nonsense that is happening. But level for you as a mother, I know your two sons, you've got two strong young, young kings and I've known them since they was young. And your, your, your oldest son is like, he's, he's grown, he's, he's a man. And um, what conversations do you have with them in regards to what is happening? And have you had a conversation with them about your experiences? Um, look, with, with regards to my experiences, it's so hard for me to talk to them. It's still very hard for, you see, I'm, I'm, I'm now an activist. I'm now running this movement, but it's still very hard to engage my two boys as to what had happened to me, you know? And that's because once again, you know, the stigma and obviously i'll know that my kids will not hold anything against me but i i worry how they're going to react mm. with regards to that but the one thing i'll tell you about me and i think i say praise god because firstly i didn't even mention on on when when we when you asked me to lay my cards on the table to tell you about the story mm. i was told that i will never bear kids my mm. mom was told when she brought me to hospital 1985 that I will never bear kids but because I'm not a human being person or doctor's person or I am God's child he knew that he has his plans for me he, he right. blessed me with two beautiful boys who are very well mannered well respectful kids I we my kids we are taught they are so grounded like I'm saying with the foundation phase we laid from when they were at a very tender age to say we respect your girl, your friend at school, a girlfriend, you respect a boyfriend, you respect your neighbor, you respect your mother, you respect your aunt, you respect people around you, you know? So they grew up with that. They, I'm very comfortable with them. I'm, I feel very safe and I'll tell you, they're not wearing a mask. They're giving back what they have learned from home. So it's, we're very fortunate. I'm not bragging. But I'll tell you that I know that God lives in within us because in our household, this is God. Our kids are well taught. They know they cannot, they are not allowed to can address people in a in a way that is uncomfortable for the next person. Right, right. So uh well, uh Tariq. Mm. <laughs> you all right? <laughs> Yeah, it, 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 this is one of those shows, Black Men, you know, um, that it drives you bonkers. You know, you ask yourself, what can we do? Because the question is, what can we do? As G7, of course, we don't have a solution, but we, have, we don't have a resolution, but we might have solutions. And our solution right now is to bring individuals like Ulebu to talk to us and, and, and speak more to the, the many masses and, and, and volumes. And of course, we have people listening on Facebook Live now and we have people on Zoom. Some people have never heard your story. Some people never knew about Sisters Keeper. Now they, they know. Uh, 
this is what we we feel we 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 know that we can at least give back you know and uh, for for you to come and, and talk to us um and once again um uh, i have a question that i want to ask for Tariq. yeah and I, I i'm hoping that the women who are listening here they will also you know um Young queens, to, to answer. Necessary. As a woman, no matter where you are, do you feel safe? Do you feel safe? Do you feel safe walking around in your neighborhood or wherever you are? This is a question that I'm posing to everybody. You can drop it. You can drop in an answer, uh, a, ch a chat line, or, or you can say it out loud. Do you feel safe where, where, wherever you are, walking around in your neighborhood or in your, uh, in your country, wherever you are, and, and why? Why, if you don't feel safe, why? If you think you feel safe, what makes you feel more safe? I really don't. Mm. That, that was that was your level, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Hey, hey, anybody else? Like, I'm going to open up this joint right here to read so I can see all the things that I hear. I'm not going to put people in the spotlight. I'm not putting people in the spotlight. Can you hear me? Uh, that was Tanisha. Yes, Tanisha. Yes, good morning. And morning. yes, G7, thank you for touching on this topic. Um, I wanted to chime in on conversations when she was talking about her son. It's important. And I mean, and thank you for sharing your stories. Let me say that as well. Um, it's important for us as parents to have that conversation with our children um, because it, it's so common. It's like normal now. It happens amongst families and sometimes the families overlook it. And how does that child feel after it's done to them? Um, that conversation, empowering your daughter, empowering your son, going through bad touch, good touch. Anytime you feel uncomfortable, it's okay to just say that word when you call mommy. You don't have to give me the whole story, but just give me that word and I'll be there. They have to know that they have a safe place. And the question that you posed about being safe, no. Mm -hmm. In my house, mm -hmm. I may feel safe to a degree, <laughs> But when I go outside, no, I don't. Um, you know, at this point, a lot of my girlfriends, including myself, we're looking to purchase firearms and go to the gun range because the mental is just off because of the pandemic and plus other things that, you know. But um, no, you don't feel safe as a woman. And like you touched before, it's always the woman's fault. Like, what were you wearing? It doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. It's the respect. And then we have to go through that. And it goes on from generations because it's passed on to our daughters and they see it. And then they, so that's why we have to stop it, empower them, know what's right, know what's wrong. I don't care. I say it to my daughter, I don't care if it's your mother, your, um, your, your father, your brother, your uncle, your cousin. Mm. You still come and tell me if they touch here, there, whatever, whatever uncomfortable feeling you have to give your children that that encouragement to speak up and develop those relationships with them as well mm -hmm. wow that's uh thank you uh for the expanded uh uh, Indeed. uh answer i appreciate that 
and, and I'm glad that you also touched from a point of also having those conversations with your little ones that if anybody touches you this way or anybody says this, feel free to, I mean, feel safe to come and talk to me as your mother or as your father, you know, because uh, those conversations, they help to give them confidence. Um, uh, uh, Sham, you say something that you feel safe. Uh, you say, I do when I feel like I have some level of control. So mm -hmm. that also raises another question that when do you lose that control? What, what makes you lose that control or what kind of environment rather makes you lose that control? Because if I leave, if you leave your house and you have this like 110 confidence about yourself and then the moment you turn around this particular corner or you see someone who might resemble some, someone or whatever who makes you feel unsafe, what is it about that person or that area, you know, that makes you lose that control? And, um, uh, hmm. you know, that's, 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 that's something else that we also have to put into context as well. And Mikia, you said you feel safe, but you took time and confidence. And time, time is of, is of factor as well in this because nothing happens overnight, you know, and uh, Jackie said, I feel safe, but I'm, but I'm on, on alert. When I travel, I feel safe, but I'm also very extra, extra cautious. Wow. So that's, 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 uh, it, it makes, it makes one, you, you feel like you, you're paranoid. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. you, you constantly have to look around. Who's around? Is this, is this person looking, is it, are they more genuine? I, I, do I feel like I'm, I trust this person? You know, and Tara says, I do feel safe in my neighborhood and the people around me, but in some new settings, I might be a bit concerned, more alert. So every, for new uh, environment, there's always a, a concern as well. So um, all these and many, and I'm sure. <laughs> so, you see, Charles, Jilly said a mouse. <laughs> you see you what see she what, put bro? in there, the chat? <laughs> she got her tough, bitch, leave me alone face on. And I think that's key too. Right, right. <laughs> that's part of communication for everyone, right? The body language. And I do believe we do have that particular type of face, whether it's inviting or not inviting. That goes for both genders, but it is key to know that you have that switch to turn it on and off. And I think that takes practice and time. However, Jilly says she has it on. She has it on when she's in a particular environment. So you have to put that gangster. But yeah. why should one have to put a gangster face that like, you know what, don't come to me because now I ain't want yeah. to play with. It doesn't have to be like that. And like what Tanisha said, women have to go buy guns to protect themselves. Right. Rightfully so. I mean, I, I'm not the one to say like, no, guns, no. I understand we fight this, all this second amendment, like no, guns kill people. But then people kill people too. You know what I'm saying? And this, right. this is not even a, a, a thing about lust, where you say like, this person is lusting to sleep with this woman or whatever. No, these are just monsters who just wanna do whatever heinous crimes because they can. And then thereafter, you kill that particular individual. So you have hurt the soul, and then you hurt the community by taking away the life. So it's, mm -hmm. it's just like a build up, you know, of all this nonsense. Uh, uh, <laughs> Is, is, uh, it then gives you that feeling that the world doesn't care anymore. But then is that true?
because there's so many people who care outside. But then where are you more safe? Do I have to limit myself for where I'm going, who I'm talking to, who I'm seeing, and uh, how I move? You know, the movement that level you guys are doing, the Sisters Keeper movement, and uh, uh, hopefully that is going to change the, the, the dynamics and a lot of voices, a lot of people are going to hear those voices and those who are afraid to come out because of retaliation, because there's, uh, there's men who use, again, that power to tell the woman that if you go and report this to the police, this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to kill you. And then the mm. woman is a, they, they would rather what? Stay and take in and absorb all that torture and pain than to go and, and report. There was an, a, 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 an article that, uh, uh, that was on, on Facebook. I think it was one of your pages, label where the... The woman was being beaten up live on Facebook. The dude was mm. beating her like live. And he was telling her what to what say. Mm. And then thereafter, the three weeks or two mm. weeks when people, they went and protested where the guy was working. And then the dude, again, escorts the woman to the police station. And now, uh, because he beat her so badly, and then now she healed, and then he's still telling her what to do and it's making it sound look mm. like she's uh she's telling the people that you know what whatever is that the instant that happened that was then we're good we resolved everything but guess what it's the same dude who's filming the same woman and he's telling her what to tell the people so that level of control and then and then of course i i did chime in on that level from a level yeah. of I know that, again, people were saying like, oh, this woman is stupid, man. Like, how can she stay? You know, like, no, how can she do this? But you never know until you are in, in her shoes. Because again, the level of uh, brainwash that this dude has on her, he has her by, like, I mean, she's like, he's toying her around. So it's not like she doesn't want to leave. But like she doesn't want to run away. But because of the, the level of fear that is amounted on her is like way beyond what people can understand. Now the question is, how do you help an individual who's trapped up in that kind of environment? Because there's a lot of them. Nati, you know, I'm glad that you brought this one up. It is still one of the incidents that really hurts me, that really doesn't hurt me it pisses me off and i'll tell you why um a lot of us lack self-knowledge we lack knowledge of self we lack knowledge of god and I, i'm saying a lot of us because i also have the very thing that you've seen there i know i've gone through that first no but to you have to get to a point where we understand all of us here if anyone everyone who's tuned in we all need to self-reflect tell yourself you know what your worth is okay mm -hmm. it is it, it was it's, it's a bad situation i've been in that situation but now i now got to realize that because i'm so hungry to want love from another human being without mm -hmm. loving myself first mm -hmm. that's why i will then 
stay in such uh, situations. A lot of us stay because we feel unwanted at home, maybe mm. unwanted, unloved, and 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 you feel you will settle for all that nonsense. But I realize that lack of self knowledge is what gets us to this. I might be wrong, but I strongly believe that is exactly that. One thing I'll tell you that you touched base on that I really liked was when you asked me how I'm I'm talking to my kids. How do I relate with them uh, to them with regards to this? Like I said, we 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 you know we gave them a platform to can talk about things, blah blah blah. But I realized had people had others, right, right, had people really really had others. So from home, your father beats up your mother. Mm. Your mother, and maybe say your father and your mother would go out to a party, come back home drunk. You guys are sleeping as kids. Your father start beating up your mother. They're taking things from where they're coming from, from whatever party they attended. They bring it to the kids. Mm-hmm. The kids get used to that. They mm-hmm. see the mother being abused, being raped, blah, blah, blah. He grows up to be a man. Who will pass that on a child that was raised by Lebu? Lebu is an outspoken mother, try to engage the uh, youngs with all what is happening around. So I'm just saying, had people had others. And I'm saying, lack of self-knowledge is the most dangerous thing. Absolutely. absolutely. I don't know how and at what point are we going to get to a, a position where we say, sit back. Take a back seat as a human being, each one of us here. Let's take a back seat and ask yourself, do you, current situation, the current relationship you are in right now, do you, are you, is that the relationship that you want to be with? Is it worth you, your time and your energy to be in it? Mm-hmm. Once we start questioning that, we realize that you, we minimize a whole lot of things, unnecessary things. You know, I, it is said we get ourselves in such uh, trouble, but the harsh reality is that we don't know ourselves. We want to be loved by the next person. That's very, that's very true. Uh, like um, the last uh, chat here, I want to read that. You know, it says, people are too quick to judge before they could understand one state of mind when one has been abused. These women are trapped and worship their partners in such fear. Children do as we do, not as, well, not as we tell them to. And again, there's a whole lot of thing of like, you know, if I leave him, well, I'm not gonna get my, you know, the lifestyle that I've been living. And then most of the times, rich people, it's been known that like, you know, like rich people, they're the ones who tend to be more on the abusive side because they use the power of money because they think that the woman is like, you know what, you're not gonna leave me because I'm giving you this lifestyle, you know. But it's now you see it even more, even for people who are not rich, you know, they just do it because you know, they're crazy. Um, and uh, before we, we roll out, you know, and, uh, we have like a few minutes before we roll out. Uh, we talk about being uh, supportive from families to whoever is around. And I think Sham said something which was very, very poignant that some people say it's not my business. But if it's not my business, whose business is it going to be? Because the next thing I'll be looking for people to come to the funeral to come and like, you know, say, oh, she was a good person. But then were, were you a good person to that individual to help? I understand. Not everything is everyone's business, but then there is resources, there is avenues where people can reach out, where you can like, you know, uh, those uh, anonymous calls where you can call for someone to reach out like, oh, I think this person is going through this stuff. Can somebody reach out? There is people who do all these kind of services. They will reach out 
and do their investigation. You know, and um, Tariq, I know I shared this with you at some point uh, about when my sister was being abused. The dude like yeah. beat my sister like crazy, like you know, like crazy. Like my sister was in a coma and broke her jaw. But because mm -hmm. we've been telling myself, like, no, you gotta get out of this relationship. No, I love him. No, he's, we get that. But guess what? He's gonna take it to another level. And he beat my sister to a point that a neighbor had to jump from the outside apartment to go across the balcony to break the window and go inside. And my niece was like six, seven years old. She'd been experiencing all this, but she had never been telling us. But every time we'll see her with her glasses on, like, why are you wearing your shades every time? covering all those bloomers. But it took a point where I got a picture when I was uh, here in the States, that's like some seven years ago, I think I told you, Tariq that my sister, I saw the picture. It just, I just couldn't find Tommy. And then the very next day, the, the, the picture came like now, the very next five minutes I booked the ticket to go home to South Africa. And then the next day, guess what? The dude, like when he opened up his door when to come to work, I was sitting in his house. And the rest is history, let's put it that way. So we're gonna leave it for another day, you know, whatever happened. But then the whole point about this is that they are no longer together. She's the happiest being ever. She's like the happy soul. And she looks back and like say, thank you for coming through. And of course, it might have seemed like we're trying to intervene in her marriage and all that stuff, but you wasn't happy. You feel me? So you're putting a facade. So again, every situation is different. But as long as we are reactive and proactive, like what you're doing at level, rather more proactive, yeah. we, are, we appreciate what you're doing and we thank you for what you're doing. And we thank you for coming through to, uh, to, to G7 Voices. Yes. And for every young queen that came through here, we appreciate you. And for all the young kings that came through here, keep embracing the young queens that you have because they're the only young queens we have. You'll never have another young queen. You don't have to know them. Any stranger that we, we, we come across, I know that myself and Tariq and Jacob is here, is a young queen. You feel me? And because they are, you have, they have to embrace that. That's who they are. All we have to do is to appreciate. Before we roll out, there's one chat here I need to read and then we roll out. My man, Jackie, he says, J Jacob, he says, oh, I can sum it up to is a is an evil spirit in this kind of man. At some point, the idea of the idea or the desire was conceived and it manifested into something bigger. Who knows what kind of things measured it? Maybe feeling in in inadequacies within himself to force control over a woman. Maybe internally he's still a little boy who never learned about how to properly manage his emotions, or maybe he himself was abused. Who knows? But it doesn't excuse the behavior. Everyone knows better. They know what is right, and they know what is wrong. What better way to say, wait, Jacob, you know, man, you actually serve the best chat for the last. And then with that say, you know, like what Bob Marley would say in his own words, because we need every woman. Yes. Bless you. Wherever you are, whatever you do, remember that we are one because you are loved and you stay loved, stay blessed, 
stay encouraged and know that we have one more show of G7 that is next week Sunday and we're rolling up next year with a different platform Tariq and we're looking forward to that and Lebu Khan continue fight Amanda Amanda where to that's where to say Amanda and we thank you we thank you and for everybody that joined in today we appreciate you thank you for coming through to G7 stay blessed see you on the flip side they will give you a call in a few Thank you, my Hi. sister. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you. Peace, peace, peace. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. One love. One peace, love. love. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you all. Thank you. No, 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 Clara. Thank you, Peachy. Appreciate you. One love. One love. No woman, no cry. Yes, indeed. No, 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 cry. Thank you. Thank you kindly, thank you kindly, yes indeed. Thank you for joining G7 Voices Without Boundaries. This was our segment for today. We appreciate you all. See you on the flip side. Stay tuned for more. See you next week on Sunday. One love.